What's up, guys? Welcome to an all-new episode of Convos on the Pedicab. I'm here with uh, jiu-jitsu practitioner, uh, graphic designer. What else are you, Jewel? Um, those are the two main things. Jiu-jitsu <laughs> practitioner and graphic designer, Jewel Broussard. Um, before we get started, I'm uh, pleased to announce that we have our first sponsor, 10th Planet Jiu-Jitsu in Austin, Texas, 10PATX. If you want to get woke and get better at Jiu-Jitsu at the same time, come to 10th Planet, especially wrong. right now with all the civil unrest that's going on. There's no better time than now to learn how to effectively defend yourself with the political climate that we're in. You know, it's, it's a phenomenal spot. Um, we're very tolerant of all types of, uh, of all different types of people. Um, of all orientations, of all ideas, of all political ideologies, come to 10th Planet. It's in Austin, Texas. It's between 35 and 71. So yeah, 10 PATX, that's where it's at. It's an awesome training environment. There are awesome people. Um, it's right across the street from Onnit. You get a bunch of phenomenal supplements there. Optimize yourself. Anyway, we got our first guest. We got Jewel Broussard, and I'm, I'm so happy that you can make it. So Jewel, uh, before we get started, just tell us a little bit about yourself and your little journey and what, what brought you here. Yeah, thanks for inviting me. So I moved back to Austin in 2016. Um, I went to UT for a little bit, kind of enjoyed the social life too hard, and then I really wanted to finish school, so I went to a smaller school in Corpus, but graduated, came back to Austin. What school? Tammy CC, Texas okay. A&M Corpus. Cool. And um, while I was there, I studied design. I ended up graduating with a psych degree, but I kind of just wanted to work and then do art. And I started jujitsu, and it was like fulfilling a lot of like passionate voids, like creative voids. Um, I was getting, you know, an energy release. I was meeting friends, and that satisfaction in that caused me to kind of dump the traditional nine to five because I don't want to work just to maybe save my passion for after work. I want my passion and my work to be blended together. So that's where we got started. No, I understand. How long have you been training for? Uh, very intermittently for four years. Okay. Yeah. Nice. And where, where are you training? Where are you training now? Inside BJJ, which is in Bastrop under Alex Henley. Cool. I, I know Alex. Alex is an awesome person. And, and his son is a beast. His son's a yes, little monster. Yes, Grayson Holy is shit. like a, he's a savage. I gotta yeah. talk to I gotta talk to him and see if he can come on. Absolutely. I'm sure he'll be down. He, yeah, he, he would he, love, he would to. love <laughs> to. Yeah, that'd be great. I, I gotta talk to Grayson and see what yeah. the deals. Um, anyway, um, we gotta talk about jujitsu. We gotta talk about the importance of it mm -hmm. um, because, like I said earlier, you know that civil unrest is it's pretty bad right now. Yeah. And right now it feels like there's like kind of a calm before a storm. Mm -hmm. But things could get pretty heated, um, and they already are getting really heated depending on where you are on the map. So yeah. far, it's been okay in Austin. Mm -hmm. uh, there are certain things that we need to do better about. Like, you know, you're seeing a lot more, like, violent crime and a lot more break-ins because of how they defunded APD. Yeah. That's something you got to be concerned about. But, hey, it's all the more reason to train and learn jiu-jitsu. But what, what's it like being a, a female in the jiu-jitsu gym? Like, well, what's that experience been like for you? I came into jiu-jitsu from tennis, and that's co-ed, so I'm used to having a male doubles partner. Um, I'm used to a merit-based sport, right? And jiu-jitsu is exactly the same. So when it comes to women and men training together, um, I really have, in the course of four years, I've had so few complaints. Like, I really think it's good to train against a man if you're a woman so that you get used to someone with, like, you know, body strength opposing you, as opposed to a self-defense class, no offense to those, where you go and it's all women standing up yelling, you know, don't take my purse and then kicking something. Like, you need to, if you want to be, feel protected and feel safe sleeping at night when you're a woman, because I started when I was living by myself, I think it's an amazing tool, like absolutely amazing. And the, the men in the sport are just like super respectful. You would think you'd walk in and they'd be like, no, I don't want to roll with a girl, but they're, they like challenge you in a really good way. So I, I agree. And, and um, one thing that I got to get better at is I don't roll with enough females. Mm -hmm. um, but I do know for a fact from what other people tell me and just, just in general, when I do roll with girls, like it makes your technique a lot better yeah. <laughs> because you have to only use technique when you're mm -hmm. rolling with, when you're rolling with chicks. Like mm -hmm. you can't just use, use brute strength uh, against a girl who's like, you know, 40 pounds lighter than you because a you look like a dick yeah and b it doesn't really help you get better no it's not going to. but you also have to use some strength and be a grown man to help 
make your partner grow too. Yeah, so there's the got to be like a there's got to be a balance because if you go like too easy, it's mm -hmm. insulting to the, your training partner. Yes. And if you go like too hard, you're a fucking asshole. So it actually is good to roll yeah. with to roll with chicks because it makes you uh more aware of your body and it makes you more aware of how you move. I think, mm -hmm. and I think that a lot of people don't really understand that and they're not as aware of the importance of like having female training partners at yeah the gym. it's really yeah just don't be patronizing and everyone really gets along super well yeah it makes it, it makes you better at having like boy girl relationships just in general mm -hmm. um yeah. you know like almost every guy i train with too like every guy i know who's like single mm -hmm. that i train with goes out whenever they go out like they have no problems like meeting people no. like they do they do phenomenal and, and there's no real socially gifted socially gifted exactly <laughs> like it makes it, it improves your mm -hmm. social skills it improves how you communicate um just even as a pedicab driver mm -hmm. jujitsu has helped my game pedicabbing like on an infinite level i bet you were like zooming when we came over here and i was like wow that's impressive well we have motors and yeah. stuff so that there's that mm -hmm. but i mean in terms of like selling rides communicating with people in terms of like keeping your cool under pressure mm -hmm. like when there's like all these uber drivers honking at you you're, you're owning the road like nothing phases you mm -hmm. because you're like oh man whatever man I, you get guys like derek or guys like curtis on top of you smashing you yeah well, it, this is nothing <laughs> like it doesn't mean anything like the, this the is mild dehumanization like builds that confidence like yeah <laughs> yeah getting humiliated <laughs> <laughs> Getting physically humiliated by a, <laughs> by a grown man in a training environment, really, it, it does in, in a weird way make you a lot more self-confident and more self-actualized mm -hmm. when you communicate with people too, because you never know. Yeah, you, you're, you become you a lot more <laughs> you become a lot more respectful and nice to people because of everything. Yeah, and you're super calm because you have to be calm. Mm -hmm. So it's it's a, it's it's good. It's an important thing. True. Um, you know, one of the things too, like I. I uh, I noticed too, like if you try to be like a creep at a jujitsu gym, mm -hmm. you don't last. You don't. You don't no. last. Like you cannot be like, you cannot, you won't, you will never last if you're a creep at the gym. Those flags will go off like the, the second or within minutes of it happening. Like it does not go unseen. Yeah. You cannot you, get away with you, it. You cannot, you cannot be a creep. Like yeah. you cannot do any weird shit. So it's like, Hey, if you're a female and you want to like meet good people, you want to get better at a sport, you want to defend yourself and do it in a safe environment. <laughs> literally the safest place to go is a jujitsu gym. Because there's so many other testosterone-filled dudes that if they see <laughs> if they see shit like that happening, yeah, they will not stand for it. They don't want. Just, they don't accept the disrespect. It's not. It's not acceptable. They, they will not want to train with you. They'll not roll with you. Yeah. You're not gonna like the guy won't get better. They won't feel welcome. And guys like that always wear their welcomes out in jujitsu. Like mm -hmm. the ego. Know? Yeah. It's an ego smasher. It's a total ego smasher. Yeah. It'll tell you like, hey, you're not that great. Here's what you need to work on in this area, whether it's on the mats or outside of it. It just like puts a lot in perspective. It does. It, it really does. Um, so how has like the pandemic affected you as, as an athlete? As an athlete. So jujitsu was absolutely <clears throat> without a doubt shut down in the traditional sense, like to where I could go to my gym for at least two months earlier in the year. And it was really stressful because I mean, I had made it to where that was my outlet more so than weightlifting and it was more of a comprehensive outlet. I could go see my friends and just really get steam off and just have fun and learn. Couldn't do it at all, you know, and I'm watching a lot of people who I know love training so, 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 so much. Some people who did it seven days a week versus me, it was like maybe three if I was lucky. Yeah. They had that taken away from them. And so that was a mental health outlet for a lot of people, I'm very sure. And having it just disrupted like that was difficult. But the second it came back, I started. I was like, yeah. I was I was so happy when and I got that I chance. was still trying to train mm -hmm. during the pandemic. If anything, I probably trained more during the shutdowns mm -hmm. because I had no like ability to do anything else. And yeah. I needed to do something to keep my sanity because when I was stuck at home, like not knowing what was going to happen economically, not being able to make a living, not knowing anything. Seeing empty and food seeing, stores. Yeah, yeah. Seeing that, seeing people wait online like you're in, like in you know, a communist country mm -hmm. um it's demoralizing and then you know you have a significant other at home who doesn't really train and doesn't like you know is is has been a lot more freaked out about this mentally than i was freaked out about mm -hmm. this yeah uh, especially from a, the standpoint of the virus like because on, honestly my girl was, was really worried about covid like yeah. she still doesn't want to go to like you know, crowded places and eat crowded places or be around people and mm -hmm. we go and do stuff. And I, and I'm worried about Bill Gates. Yeah. So it's, it's like, <laughs> Oh, that a, vaccine. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're going to talk about all that stuff, right? Yeah. Like very shortly. Okay. Cause I think there's a lot of stuff that needs to be put in perspective and mm -hmm. there needs to be some healthy, like a healthy discussion. And that that's what, 
that's kind of why I like wanted to start this because there's so much bullshit going on mm-hmm. from both sides and there's a lot of jackassery. Yeah. And you need like a balanced discussion to understand like what's really at stake, what's really going to happen, what mm-hmm. can you actually do, what what can you realistically expect from all of this. Yeah. And people need to be calm during this stuff because if you're not calm, you will lose it. Yeah. And if you're calm, you'll be okay. You'll make it through it. And you're probably going to make it through this thing better mm-hmm. than you were before. Yeah. I can, I definitely agree with that. Yeah. Th- this is, um, one of those, one of those situations where, um, a, a chaotic environment, right. Mm-hmm. Is a breeding ground for opportunity. Yeah. I feel that so much. I really do. So you got to look at it from that perspective. It's like, dude, the worse things look on paper, the better your opportunity to, the better your individual opportunity to crush it are going to be. And, mm-hmm. and that's like, people got to understand that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Even in the beginning of COVID, fucking market tank. If you started buying stocks in April, you did, you're doing fine. Yes. You know, you know yeah, I had you, some that dipped yeah. and then they grew way I, bigger than they yeah, were before. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I was buying Bitcoin with my like unemployment. Smart. There you go. I invested in a, a monitor for work that I use every day with, with, you know stimulus so yeah i get it yeah like i, I was buying bitcoin i was buying stocks and mm-hmm. i have like an account with like a family account and i put money into that that's done really well mm-hmm. personal td Ameritrade account it's okay it's not as good as i would like i didn't make the best decisions mm-hmm. but i'm also you know i think i'm, st- I'm still in the green i'm yeah. still okay it's and good that you're still investing like some people are just so scared to do it this year and i'm like you don't have any much to lose like yeah. I think you got to figure out what you're going to invest in. You got to figure out like what, what what the future holds, depending mm-hmm. on um, on who wins and who loses. And there's got to be that discussion. I'm like, all right, what is this? What? How is this? How is this pandemic? How is everything that we're dealing with? Like, how is this going to affect you? Yeah. How is this election going to affect you? What are you going to be affected by? And um, there's got to be a, a discussion about that because mm-hmm. a lot of people are freaked out yeah. about this yeah hysteria on both sides on both sides people <sighs> are freaking the fuck out mm-hmm. and i i get it i fully get it you know like if you're um if you hate donald trump you're gonna think you think that donald trump is undermining the constitution and undermining democracy by trying to steal this election mm-hmm. and not accepting the results that can be really scary and then if you're on the trump side you think that the the Democratic Party and the DNC and like the deep state, so to speak, are all conspiring together to steal this election through mail-in ballots, which may or may not be valid. Exactly. Um, yeah. And there's a lot of um, questions regarding election integrity. Mm-hmm. And um, man, I, I feel like no matter what happens, I'll, I'll tell you this, is mm-hmm. that a lot less people are going to vote. Um, from here on in, like the the the, the voting system is no longer going to be. Tr- people are no longer going to trust the voting the system. The tr- the trust is gone. Yeah, yeah the tr- <clears throat> the trust is gone. And if you were um, and if you if you understand historically speaking, the less people, the less amount of people that vote, the more likely that is to favor GOP and Republican candidates. So while you didn't get a full blown red wave, mm-hmm. you're setting conditions up for a red wave by what you're doing so if you really were like a a true democrat and a true liberal and you truly had left-leaning values Mm -hmm. you would let someone in the trump administration count those ballots and you would make sure that this was as fair and transparent as possible yeah not this so we found these ballots stashed here we found these stashed here it's like that's new for me it's sketchy Mm -hmm. it's sketchy but here's the other thing too because i was asking questions about that Mm -hmm. and um the thing is that like you know most people who vote by mail are going to be democrats that that's a thing yeah and and historically speaking mail-in voting has never been like a huge problem in the past Mm -hmm. but when you have millions of when millions of these ballots get sent to you you know in states where it's too close to call that changes the narrative and it used to be that with mail-in ballots you requested a mail-in ballot Mm -hmm. and this way you people knew who the mail you could check the whether or not your ballot was submitted Mm -hmm. and then you're you're good to go but now people are just getting mail-in ballots delivered to them without having requested one. Yeah, I mean, deceased people have received them. Yeah, I've heard stories about that. Pets, Pets have received yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, that's where the problem is, and that's why you have to audit these ballots and make sure that this is a, a valid election. Because mm-hmm. if you don't do that, no one's going to believe the integrity of this. No. Nobody is going to believe this. And then, um, you know, Joe Biden is not going to do anything to really help the progressive left. No. He's going to do nothing. 
partially through the fact that he doesn't care and partially through the fact that there is a uh, majority, there's a, super, a conservative majority in the Senate mm-hmm. and a conservative majority in the House. Yes. Which means that a lot of stuff that he might want to do and the left might want him to do, he just can't do it through no fault of his own. He's um, sway. He's too swayable. He's very swayable. Because when he, he doesn't speaks, ha- I hear someone who read a Twitter feed kind of... Do you watch The Boys? No. Okay. They have a PR person. I hear... When he speaks, I hear that PR person saying, hey, Joe, these topics were trending and they're they're popular and the people care about this go run with it and he he does but not in in a it's not very calculated it's not very universally appropriated it's just kind of like to benefit whatever was tossed at him that day he doesn't have an original thought no that guy does not have an original thought he's a total empty suit that sums it up perfectly and kamala is a giant opportunist and oh absolutely it, it creates a recipe for danger but here's the um here's the here's Here's the, the other thing, right? So people don't get free. Like if you're on the right, mm-hmm. not to get freaked out by yeah. it. Um, you got a majority in the Senate. You got a majority in the Supreme Court. Mm-hmm. You're not losing your guns. No. You're going to keep your guns. You're, you're going to keep your gun. You're going to keep your guns like almost certainly. Mm-hmm. So right now, if, if you're a gun, if you're a gun, if you own a gun store, this is literally a gun store owner's wet dream. <laughs> like no lie. Like I, yeah. you know, Michael Cargill is probably like licking his chops right now at these results. He's loving it. He's ready. He, yeah, um, he's better buy me some Fogo. Yeah. I hope you heard that, Cargill. You better buy me Fogo, motherfucker. All that money you're making <laughs> from all these freaked out people. It amazes and, me how many people are new gun owners. You know, maybe he'll sponsor my podcast too. So we'll, we'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, I know I know you can afford to. I, I know for a fact you can afford to sponsor me. So we can. Uh, we, I should have a talk with him and see if he's going to want to do that. Um. But anyway, that that's the other thing too is that you're going to keep your um, Second Amendment rights. The tax plan is probably going to stay the same because you need a Senate to override mm-hmm. a lot of right. Like you need the Senate to like override the the Trump tax plan. Yeah. So like these companies are still going to get the same tax breaks, um, which means markets should probably actually be really good under Biden. Mm-hmm. Um, Maybe even more so because he's going to just let China walk all over him. So all these companies, which is horrible for everyday people. But if you're like buying stock in like Apple or any of these tech companies, like, yo, these techs, these tech companies are, um, I, I need to actually look into buying something. Apple right now. like double and a half. It was crazy. They didn't double. They went up a lot in the past yeah. couple of days. Mm-hmm. But like Apple, Microsoft, uh, possibly Facebook, like Square, mm-hmm. all these companies, um, it might be a good time to look into buying all of those and not like doing like options. Just hold on to it. Just mm-hmm. keep buying it incrementally and hold on to it and hold on to it and hold on to it because a lot of these companies are probably going to do better as a result of Biden being president. Problem is everyday working people who live in like middle America mm-hmm. are going to get reamed by this. Yes. And we're not going to be – and um. Yeah, and a lot of, and we we need to, especially after this COVID stuff, we need to like start making more products in America. And if Biden winds up winning this thing, which mm-hmm. you don't even know if he will, because Donald Trump could still contest this election, and he has a very viable case. Yeah. But if if Biden wins, um, <clears throat> we're not going to be an independently manufacturing country, and that's going to be bad. And um, I know this is like a giant rant here, but you know, in four years from now, even in two years from now. You're not going to see very much progressivism come out of the Biden administration through both the fact that Biden stands for nothing and the fact that Republicans are going to obstruct everything. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. And so the left is going to be disenfranchised as a result of that, through, you know, by default. Mm-hmm. And guess what they're not going to do four years from now? Uh, Vote. No. They're just they're kind of built on pandering. Yeah. And that's going to die not, they are not gonna, They They are very much likely not going to vote unless we manufacture some more civil unrest and people are still falling for it. But there it seems, it seems <laughs> yeah. unlikely that the left is going to want to uh-huh. vote for the same candidate who did nothing for them, exactly. Just like, which is like why they didn't vote for Hillary and all that stuff. Like, you know, cause a lot of these people on the left were like, Hey, we're voting because we're going to push Biden left. We're confident in that. And mm-hmm. once they realize that it's not going to happen, they won't vote for him. Yeah. And then, you know, Hey, a real fascist might come along um, <laughs> four years from now, and he's got a much better chance of getting elected because of these circumstances. Yeah, it, it's that, that, that's my um, the hysteria has really just made it like you said to where there he's he doesn't have like convictions, and like you said, the Senate is not going to 
not really going to stoop to that. So. No, they're not going to do anything. It's going to be a standstill. But for markets, that's actually like historically speaking, that's really good for markets when um, you have deadlock, gridlock in government because that means that no changes can make it and it just becomes business as usual for these companies. So yes. it's actually good for markets when this stuff happens. Yeah. So it's like, hey, you know, at least you're not going to go broke as a result of this. But this is not good for the country. It's not good for our voting integrity. Mm -hmm. like, like the voter integrity as a whole is going to go to complete shit. Yes. No matter, um, no matter who wins. And that's how you start destroying countries. And that's how you start creating real fascism. And that, that's dangerous. That is dangerous. That's extremely dangerous. Yeah. You know, and also... If Trump isn't going to go away. It's not like Donald Trump's going to go away. No. Like, um, he's more popular than ever. Even if he loses, there are counties. Like, you know that the um, the only group of people that Donald Trump actually lost voters in was white males? It's that white guilt. Well, it's older white males, too. Like, old white males, like, were the only people. Yeah. Or old white people in general. Yeah. But, like, every Donald Trump gained ground pretty mm -hmm. substantially with every other group. He did blacks and Latinos especially. Just reading that, I mean... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and you don't think that that's like going to keep being coming a tipping point? Like that's that's just going to keep that's going huge. further and further and further and further. And um you know, even if Trump loses, like there's a lot of conditions in play mm -hmm. and he's legally allowed to run in 2024. Yeah. If that guy that guy can just still that guy has so much money, that guy has so many resources. There are people that are so fanatically in love with Trump and they might even be more so in love with him after all this shit. Mm -hmm. And he could just start holding rallies now for the next four years. He could. He converted fanatical haters of him to vote for him this year because yeah. they didn't like what Biden had to offer so much. Or they hated these these shutdowns yeah. so much. Or they that hated people, the shutdowns. Yeah, yeah. Like, um, and, and that's the next point. You mm -hmm. are one of those people. Oh, yeah. Um, I got furloughed. My husband got furloughed temporarily, too. And because of this, we were approved to close on a house in early April. And actually, less than 48 hours before we were supposed to get the keys, take our new homeowner picture, they told us, yeah, you both been furloughed and we can't do it. So our dreams of moving to Lockhart, you know, the house that we picked. Was it Lockhart? It was Lockhart. Oh, shit. I thought it was like an Austin. It, no, it was it was outside of Austin because Austin's getting too, too expensive pricey. Game, yeah. So we found an affordable house in Lockhart and we were <laughs> so excited. The emotions from that were so raw when it happened. And, you know, I didn't even have jujitsu to help cope with it. Like you were saying earlier, like people really need that. And I honestly, we didn't know what the better side of that would be. But we're we're OK. We're moving to Smith. Well, we're in Smithville and things are good. So. It doesn't have to be the end of the world, but yeah. Yeah, me and Vanessa, we got to check out that new spot. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Um, I hear you guys brew your own breweries too. Or we do. We yeah. brew our own beer. Forgot we, about that. Forgot we have to a garden. That, yeah. yeah. We, we're pretty self-sufficient. Like we have a shooting range out there. Well, oh, dude. Yeah, we're definitely gonna go out there. Of course. Yeah. 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 We Come should, out. Yeah, I would love to. That uh, you have a shooting Absolutely. range. Absolutely, we yeah. do. We yeah, have donkeys. We, we have a shooting range. We've got like all all this stuff. Th that's America. Out. You literally are. You're in America. I'm we still are in, being Americans. Yes. You're, you're in America. <laughs> I'm still in China. I notice that when I drive through Austin now, I get like this wave of dread, and I'm like, oh. It's not that bad. It's not that bad it's not that bad but it's not like uh -huh. th th this is not a good trajectory and, and we got to be it's not the it. same austin i fell in love with in 2010 100 percent. but also everybody always falls in love with a place when they first move somewhere mm -hmm. and love always fades yeah so there's there's that people got to be cognizant of that but anyway um you voted for donnie t i did so what made you like and were you a trump like supporter in 2016 like what was no the oh my god so 2016 i was still i was basically raised with the idea that black people have to be democrat there's no alternative for black people so years go by i i, I had my first gun at age 11 my father bought it for me my parents are veterans yeah i've grown up going to my friends houses who also had veteran parents who had police parents i love the military I love police. And so this year put into perspective for me that there's no room for me at that Democratic table. As a black woman who's a gun supporter and who loves the military and the police, I go against everything that's being sold to me right now. Because you have family and, and whatnot who are, who are in both positions. So yeah. you see it from a different perspective. I do, yeah. My but dad's even a legal immigrant, so I'm on the side of just you know just just how things should go like, I, I get it okay yeah. and i want to talk about police reform because you could love the police and also understand that there's some shit that needs to there's change some reform that needs to happen uh, like immediately Absolutely. and yeah. uh these these departments need to 
um, enact these reforms to get mm-hmm. their funding back. I think I agree for with you. Things. We but need to give them yeah, that chance instead yeah, of yeah. screaming. But but they got but they have to. There's certain forms that need to be um, enacted. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I was when I when I was running for city council, I don't know if you saw my platform at all. Mm-hmm. Did you? Yeah. Yeah. So one of the things one of the one of the reforms I was talking about is the fact that um, you need to um, have jujitsu training needs to be mandatory oh 100 like like and you have to be you should be at least a blue belt before you become a cop mm-hmm. and you have to train consistently either with with a bunch of people at the academy i agree with this um or or at like an actual gym that offers some kind of subsidy to law enforcement it should be mandatory, mandatory. to mandatory. pass i my friend who's a brown belt janae cox she actually works janae, with yeah yeah she she works with txdps training recruits and that's a program that they really want to grow and i think is so valuable so beneficial get these recruits grappling they have those um open mats for leos yeah and but they nobody get how many them, people actually go a good amount, but they make it blue belt and up. So, you know, it, it's like as many people, like if you want cops training with white belts, I mean, it's kind of like when they're wrestling an unarmed person anyway. But they should train <laughs> with white belts because that's that's who you're going to have to that's control. That's raw you have strength, to, yeah. Yeah, and, and you also have to actually know how to control somebody like that yeah. safely without hurting them. Like you should, the fact that it's only blue belt and above, I didn't know that, but that's not good. They should let anybody There could be some there. discussion about that they because have I to agree have white, with Yeah, you they have me. to have white belts there mm-hmm. because... First of all, those white belts become better training with better people. They do. And they get a resource to understand how effective this is and they can actually start going to another gym. Yeah, I mean, when you know how this works, you don't have a hatred towards chokeholds and other things like that. Like, yeah. I, I saw that in the media and I'm like, I saw a five foot two female cop take down two people with her bare hands using jujitsu. She got back control on one guy and then she took his girlfriend down and stacked them on top of each other. She didn't draw a gun or a taser once that is what i want to see more funded like exactly, for real. exactly. but and that ha- but that has to be a thing and they have to agree to it and yeah. brazilian jiu-jitsu training needs to be mandatory if you're a police officer like yes and it's, it's not going to solve a lot of, it's not going to solve all the problems there's still a lot of stuff that you know i don't know to have any clue what it's like to be a police officer and mm-hmm. all the stressful stuff they have to deal with but at the very least you'll be better at managing that stress and you'll be better at subduing a suspect without hurting them. Calmness, confidence. Yeah. Um, yeah. De-escalation. Mm-hmm. No better way to de-escalate than, hey, man, if you got like a 200-pound monster brown belt on top of you and side <laughs> control, like, and you could be calm <laughs> under that situation, you yeah. could be calm talking down like some suspect who's, you know, a little excited, maybe did too many drugs or, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, you'll be better at talking certain people down that you conflict otherwise wouldn't. Conflict resolution. You'll yeah. have much better conflict resolution. You'll be less likely to feel the need to draw your gun. Mm-hmm. 100%. They also need to have EMT basic certifications. Yes. I think that there should be a diverse range of what they are trained for when they show up on site, whether they're dealing with a mentally ill um, subject that's that's being called on, um, someone who's violent. Just, just all these things. There's just a cross-pollination that should be interjected, kind of like how other countries do. They, they focus on de-escalation tactics. I'm not saying they don't do it here. But like they you said, do reform. they could do better. Reform, they could do better. Maybe a little bit longer training. You know, if you see someone who's struggling with those de-escalation naturally, I don't know. Work on that. But there's a chance for the police. Like I, I would never want to give up on that system. And no, I, you, you yeah. never should. But at the same time, though, mm-hmm. if these guys want to get their funding back, like they have to agree to that. Th- yeah. th- that's what I think. Like if I, if I were a city council, if I were a city official, and I was in charge of the budget, right? Mm-hmm. Um. Hey man, we we should give you your funding back. What what we did was not was pretty responsible with how we defunded. Yes, right from a, yeah. n- a number of standpoints, mm-hmm. right? Um, but at the same time, you can't let these people just walk all over you mm-hmm. and operate with impunity too. Mm-hmm. And there have to be rules for how you give them the money back. Another thing too is that um, you need independent review boards for like misconduct, mm-hmm. and it should be people who are like objective. It shouldn't be like you know super blue lives matter folks, and it yeah. shouldn't be your like ultra left-wing community activists like they should not be on that board Mm -mm. neither of those people it should be like people like you and me Mm -hmm. to like look at things objectively and say hey they were the the cop was justified in their action in this situation oh absolutely and the cop was not in this situation and you could also you should be able to recommend to the da if a charge gets filed like what they what to charge the person with yeah um you know what i mean because like look if a lot of times they make mistakes of overcharging cops Mm -hmm. and then they go go free and that's a problem Right. So if you want true accountability, you got to charge someone with what you think they are actually guilty of and what you think they will be guilty of in a yes. court of law so that accountability and justice do get served. I think that could um, be increased overall. Yeah. Yeah. The, and, and then also the money, if there's a lawsuit for like police brutality and whatnot, that should come out of the pension fund. Oh, that's I hadn't thought about that. 
And yeah, you should be a lot. And my buddy Casey, who, who I dropped out to endorse, said that they should all, the cops should have personal liability insurance. They should be required to take out personal liability insurance for when stuff like this happens. See, this is good stuff. That's good. That's great. I would fund, I'd pay yeah. extra for that. That's like, good. Yeah. But, but, <laughs> but like they have to agree to do this stuff if they want their funding back. There mm -hmm. has to still be accountability. And it, you could love, and people don't understand too that like you can love your law, like love law enforcement and, and like, have like an insane amount of respect for police officers and law enforcement mm -hmm. while also making them have to be accountable. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, like you love your best friends and you have, but you have standards for how they behave. You do. Right. You wouldn't let like, them just, I'm not saying that they walk all over people. That's not what I'm trying to say, but the accountability aspect, you can love something and want it to do better. That's, yeah. Well, I know and make them do better yeah. and say, you have to do better. Like we love you and we're, we like respect you and what you're doing. You guys are awesome. Most of y'all. Mm -hmm. Um, but you have to be accountable and we have to hold you accountable and, and do it right like yeah. the, there's there's um there's there's something that there's a thing that people need to understand and you can't like um separate the two mm -hmm. um that's that's my take on it like you know um when i was at Eastside elite like i loved all my teammates you know what i mean mm -hmm. I felt like we were brothers but at the same time it's like if you weren't training hard and if you weren't offering value and you weren't helping them get better mm -hmm you know, how much do you really love them if you're not going to help? Right. Like, you know, yeah. you can't, you can't love someone that does like, you can't like, you can't love someone that doesn't love you back. Mm -hmm. And if you're a member of the community, you can't really love your police officers if the police officers don't love protecting the community and helping the community. So there, there's both, it's both ways. And you, you got to make sure that they're accountable to actually, um, serve and protect the community meaningfully. Yeah. And if they're not, there should be a board to make it so that those people are weeded out and shouldn't be the ones doing Just this held job. Just genuinely that, that's accountable. It. But that, that's an important mm -hmm. discussion that we all got to have, right? Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people don't, a lot of people are so polarized by that. Oh, yeah. But if you really yeah. sit down and have this conversation, like you talk to some BLM, if, if like some BLM activist came down and sat with us and talked to us, they'd probably like agree with 99% of yeah, what we said. Yeah, I want to you talk to You know what I mean? Like, they'd like all that, be, but yeah. they won't talk. They just have thrown names and then yeeted out of the conversation you think like, so though okay. like like how do you like how but how do you broach the how do you broach the subject and have you like how many blm people have you actually talked to so it would be better if i had done it under the context of like this like sitting like face to face but in reality it's just you know it's all been through social media via people i know or just uh, arguing otherwise yeah, yeah, yeah. arguing and, and, and whenever pointless argue arguing Facebook, nobody's ever come anyway no one's like hey man like this is what we got to do but I don't think that this is the right solution. Here's a lot of times people say don't defund or defund. Right. And then mm -hmm. nobody ever explains like why you should do X, Y, Z. Yeah. If you say, Hey, don't defund. Here's why. And I were to say these explanations, mm -hmm. I don't see anybody giving me hate for anything that I said at all. Yeah. Cause it's not hateful. It's, it's, these are positive reforms. Well, it's not hateful. Different outside it's the pragmatic. Box. Yeah, it's pragmatic and it's practical mm -hmm. and um, it's empathetic to both sides and people need empathy. Both sides need genuine empathy right now both 100 yeah. you know like that there's no um there's no ifs ands or buts about it like everybody needs everybody needs empathy and mm -hmm. i'm and that's also too why with this podcast i'm trying to get everybody on this like i had a guy from infowars yeah and then oh, i had sweet. like yeah i had john bound come on and talk to me mm -hmm. and then i had like two liberal socialists back to back right afterwards because how I'm, like, was that it was fine yeah it was fine because you had a real genuine yeah. conversation it was, it was fine i mean I'll, mm -hmm. I'll send it to you like i had this lady morgan witch who's running for city council in district seven mm -hmm. and there's stuff we agreed on we stuff we disagreed on i think i, I wish she'd like and she lost her race right um and she, she was awesome for even coming out and doing this and talking to me on a pedicab that is really cool um yeah. my one thing is i wish that she were to like let her i felt like she could have let her guard down a little more mm -hmm. but at the same time you're running for office it's hard to that is hard you have like um, so many eyes there's on there's a you. lot of eyes on you mm -hmm. I, I i think that um if she like really let loose and just like went deep on about what she wanted to do, yeah. that would have been like, like it was a very good episode, but it could have mm -hmm. been like a, she just had that reserve. She's, it could have been like a yeah. monster. Episode. She's got to protect her interest, but I totally understand you. Like that unleashed perspective would just really let it nice. all out. Yeah. yeah. I should hit all these people up and just try to get them back. Just, I'm like, Hey, you want to yeah. come back? Like now we're really like, you don't have nothing to lose. Now. Have just people go, back. Yeah. yeah. You got to have some return guests right now. Like you're not running now. So let's go share with the class how you really feel. Yeah. How um, was that experience for you? Like, yeah, it's fine. Ooh. Yeah, exactly. Um, but what, what I was, uh, what I was saying is that then I had my buddy Glenn who trains at 10th planet, who's like super like left-wing socialist activist, but he's like practical and reasonable. And we had a mm -hmm. discussion and it was fun. I enjoyed it. But that, what, that's what I'm saying is I immediately want to always have a balance of guests Yeah. because that's, that's how you bridge the gap is you got to be calm and you got to actually talk to people because I really feel like there's an 
agenda to destroy this country. And the way that they're destroying this country, they can't destroy us militarily, but they can destroy us by getting to destroy each other. So, like, the best way to actually save America is to go and talk out a lot of problems so we're, like, actually realize that we're on board with a lot of stuff. Help each other out of the barrel. Yeah, like, and that's that's why you got to have all guests because that's the most American thing to do right now is to talk to everybody. Very. Yeah. Very much so. Um, But we keep getting sidetracked. So, like, when so when did you like say hey i'm jumping on this trump train like like when did that when did that like start it was so unofficial that it almost makes me laugh so i voted for him i didn't tell anyone in my family because oh, i did knew 2016 no i did it in 2016 you did it you did because you i did i did not in 2016 because you i was right? still okay. roped into you're black you have to vote this way did you vote for uh, hillary I did not want to, but I did. You did it. Okay, okay. That's, I'm not, I'm not yeah. mad or I'm judging you. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I voted for Sanders. Yeah. And I voted for Sanders in 2022. Mm-hmm. I have no shame in it. Um, but, yeah. Yeah, I, it's like there shouldn't be shame about voting. Yeah, it's, no, no, It's no. so weird. Um, but tell me more about this. Like, So yeah. tell me so tell me where, how it so all. So the, the 2016 happened, and, you know, I'm kind of on that aspect of the whatever algorithm for my phone where I'm getting all the negative info about Trump, right? And then the whole, if you support him, you're complicit in these ideologies. And I thought that was really extreme. You know, I have friends and family friends who voted for him, and I was like, these are not people I want to get rid of at all. Let me talk to them if I really feel that bothered. So I did. I talked to, like, um, one of my friend's moms, and she just kind of explained, like, well, I mean, this is what works for our family. And I was like, okay, like, I would never disrespect that. You know, I talked to friends. I talked to people at 10th Planet, and they all opened my eyes to, like, look, it's just... Don't get roped into identity politics. Like, whoever you're voting for, you have led yourself to the decisions to make that choice as an American, as a legal voter. Like, no one should crap on you for that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, just talking to those people, like, kind of seeing through it and seeing, like, Trump is not so much of, like, a hate. I don't know. I just didn't really, I had to disillusion from everything I was fed and everything I was forced to believe and and forced to do and even this year I didn't tell my parents who I voted for but the way I said inadvertently is because I made that rash guard and it's funny I didn't even say like oh I voted for Trump I made merchandise for people who would want to wear it I mean the hats exist so I saw that the hats existed I made a rash guard and then my inbox is a barrage of calling me a traitor and a sellout and a, I mean my marriage was brought up I'm in an interracial marriage and and that was used as like oh you are you, you don't have anything to offer and I'm like what yeah that doesn't make sense right because if you really want equality you should also be able to marry whoever you want right oh absolutely I'm like these people yeah. want to fight racism but then call a woman I can't repeat the terms but like call <laughs> call racial slurs to someone who is married to someone regardless of identity just See, my, my girlfriend's hispanic right like who cares like, yeah just, like, nobody cares, nobody cares. Yeah. yeah like but mm, i don't know it was weird i just kind of saw like a hip- hypocrisy in the um the left being like no we're the giving we're the tolerant we're the accepting we're the non-racist party and i was like i don't see proof of that anymore at all yeah and I think also, I think COVID changed a lot of people's perspectives too, mm-hmm. because I was a little worried about like fascism. Yeah, I was too. Yeah, yeah I was worried. I I was like this. I'm a little, I was a little, when Trump got elected the first time. I was a little scared. I was scared too. I was scared. Yeah. And then I'm like, and then um, you know, some of the stuff he tweets. He tweets a lot of shit. A lot of some, sometimes the sources, the things he tweets that are not the most credible. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. His. I, I think that his rhetoric. Mm-hmm does inflame division amongst people it does um i think it shouldn't act- as much but it does yeah, yeah. but it does it mm-hmm. does um and his actions but his actions are not as bad as his rhetoric yeah um i also but but anyway like the the um and look look i'm a jew also right so i was worried i was like oh shit you're gonna embolden nazis and white supremacists the white supremacists they don't even think i'm white mm-hmm. you know i gotta start david tattoo on my shoulder and whatever right like you know, I'm I'm a I'm a Jew, and I have family that are that are Jews. I have family that live in Israel, and all this stuff, right? And I'm like, I've noticed no like anti-Semitism at all, really, since yeah. like I've noticed I didn't none notice of that, any of hate that. towards black people when he got elected. I thought I was gonna walk outside and there's gonna be people screaming at me and mad, but no, none of nobody that like nobody give, yeah, none of that happened, right? All the angry screams came from people who look exactly like me. Like what? Yeah, what? yeah, 
And also, when when the pandemic hit, like mm-hmm. if 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 there was any opportunity to actually be a fascist, this pandemic was literally the golden opportunity to actually be a fascist by telling everyone they have to lock down mm-hmm. and by declaring martial law by doing all types of horrible dictatorial stuff. Because mm-hmm. a lot of other government officials were doing stuff like that. Yeah. Um. And Trump didn't he like left it up to the states and then everybody criticizes him because a bunch of people died from it which is bad and he probably (sighs) could have handled this better he probably Mm -hmm. shouldn't have fired his pandemic response team that was bad yeah right you had the genome for the virus you should have been making better preparations for this virus um during this whole process Mm -hmm. uh you know you talked a whole bunch about not trusting the who and whatever like well if that's the case then why weren't you preparing yeah. When the who was telling you something different. It's you know, very like, interesting. Like, yeah. So you didn't prepare well in terms of like um, hospital capacity and doing things like that. Mm-hmm. Your travel ban from China literally let 40,000 people come in from China anyway. Didn't do anything. Did, did really like next to nothing. It was, just, it was lip service. Yeah. Um, but the fact is you're not a fascist because you didn't lock people down during this pandemic when yeah. you had every opportunity to do that. And the execute um, martial law and all you, that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And the, even when these protests were happening, he threatened to send in the military. Mm-hmm. But he didn't really do that. Like, he, he didn't send in the National Guard unless people requested that he send mm-hmm. that stuff in. Um, so it's like those actions kind of show that that's like something, that's like the opposite of a fascist, right? Yeah. That, that, that's, what it, that's what it felt like, especially during an election. You know, if you were a true fascist, you could have just declared martial law and not let this election happen or done mm-hmm. a bunch of stuff to do that. You didn't really, that didn't really happen. So my fears of like Trump being an actual fascist kind of like dissipated <laughs> yes. a lot as a result of too. COVID. If you want to mm-hmm. know my real opinion, like my fears of fascism dissipated. I think there are other concerns with Donald Trump, like mm-hmm. in terms of, you know, responding to pandemics. Um and the fact that like everything is so deregulated, which is great right now, but it might create a disastrous like real market consequence later on in the future. There could yeah. be like some problem that it, it, you know because his deregulations are like Bush on steroids, mm-hmm. and we all know how that turned out, right? So there is mm-hmm. stuff like that yes. that you got to worry about. But mm-hmm. like in terms of fascism, I don't worry about it with him. I don't worry about. I don't worry about it. It was I, proven he's not principled enough to be a fascist. Like I don't mean that as an insult. Like he's he's not. There's a there's like a there's some extremism that's kind of lacking there to put him in the fascist territory. So yeah, yeah. I, I'm I'm not worried. I'm not worried about that. No. Um. But I think like how his response just most recently, I know, like you said, you were spot on with how the COVID situation was handled. I just see from him a care for America getting back, being better. I don't see like Joe Biden literally made the comment of we're in for a dark winter. We're in for darkness. It's going to be real dark and dismal. And I was like, that's not the right thing to say or do. um, At this moment. Yeah, that that, that inflames fear. And that's really divisive and negative and you, I don't understand how anybody could support that no. um, that being said though you got a red senate and a red supreme court mm-hmm. it seems like it's going to be pretty hard for all the stuff that you're afraid of to actually come true mm-hmm. you know his tax plan is going to say the same It'll. it seems like it'll be a lot more difficult to lock down the country hopefully a lot of other pockets that didn't vote red wound up voting red Texas stayed red like so it might it's yeah. going to be like um, and even the, the Republicans, I think they gained ground in the House. They didn't like win the House. They don't have the majority, but they gained ground. They did in the it House. Was, yeah, it was a lot closer. Um, and in a lot of these states where Trump, even if he loses, like half of those states are like literally divided in two. So to to have mm-hmm. to have um those states try shutting down, it would be really difficult. It'll be like the 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 circumstances and the situation at play to actually do another shutdown seem a lot more difficult than they would have, especially after this election is over with. Because they weren't yeah. banking on that. They were not banking on all of these states being so close and, and all of these GOP voters coming out of nowhere. Like they really they they, they were that out of they must be that out of touch to not understand that. Oh, the Democrats um, felt entitled to the black vote and it really showed this year. That you're not. Yeah. I mean they still got the black vote, but Trump got more black voters than any other president than, since what, like Abraham Lincoln? <laughs> it was a, it or was a like lot. That. Yeah, 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 not only like, that, but they specifically mined or since the nineteen sixties or something like that. Like it had to have been yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Not Abraham Lincoln, but since the sixties. Yeah. <laughs> they, they they were specifically mining the, the numbers to find out who was against him and then voted for him this year. And that shows so much 
just not even from the four years because I didn't come to point A to point B in that four years. It was this year when I saw how things were handled and how each exactly. side was acting. Yeah, I was not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm not going to talk about who I voted for, but mm. I, I, I was, um, I, I was, man, I was going to be left out of it. But like my, my opinion on this guy changed a lot because of this. And yeah, overall, yeah. my opinion yeah. actually probably changed for the better as a result of the fact that you didn't like lock us down and i felt as though like my like liberties were still in play yeah um i think there are other social things that he has to work on a little bit more mm -hmm. he has to maybe work on how he communicates with people and i think that if you actually are like a racist and a white supremacist mm -hmm. you could definitely feel emboldened by some of the shit that trump says you could feel you could feel galvanized and emboldened however he he got he he made some improvement in an area i was not expecting this year and that was sitting down and offering an olive branch to groups that i mean even the democratic party wouldn't sit down with what like the platinum plan and stuff the platinum plan not only that but um the funding for historically backed colleges and universities apparently that was so difficult to attain year by year and these colleges were stepping up and trying to make it happen and trump was like all right we'll just here we'll sign the bill so that willingness when before, yeah, he had communicated and he had done his press conferences in a way that really he just would storm off stage. Right. Yeah. And so I looked at that and I took that as a comprehensive analysis of his character when in reality, he's just a different person. I don't think anyone will understand. So um, that willingness to sit down, talk with those groups, even, you know, um, clemency offered to some people with, with sentences, the money towards HBCUs. I think those are all positive steps in the right direction the Democrats weren't even, like, willing to do. And that was, like, a, that was a boss move to yeah, take yeah. it from them. Uh, yeah. that, was, that was a good move. And then mm -hmm. also, um, the plan to plan, it's a good plan. I, and, and um, you know, ultimately, there's got to be an accountability to implement that because you could have just been saying that because you want to get votes. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. you know, like there's also be an accountability to make sure he actually implements that. Um, and even like Biden, let's say Biden wins. Right. Mm -hmm. Biden's got it. There's got to be action on Biden to implement a plan similar to that. Yeah. Um, so especially w when you look at all the numbers, you got it. There, there's a lot to do. Mm -hmm. Um have you gotten like have you lost like um have you gotten like hate from family as a result of all this stuff? Ooh, one hundred percent. So the I won't name the family member who saw no, my know. MAGA rash guard, but she didn't ask me what I was doing. I was a making mercantile humor, and b I'm a small business. I'm trying to make money during a pandemic. Yeah, why not? Right? Yeah. Why not? And I thought, you know, I woke up, I googled MAGA rash guard. There wasn't something like I was gonna make. I made it, and her response made it feel like. I'm probably not invited to family anything in that part of the country for a while. I feel like I was slandered maybe at the dinner table. Like if it was that bad that I was like, whoa. I mean, the, the words, if we're done after this election came from her. And I was like, well, I mean, geez, I shared a piece of merchandise that I made. I don't, I don't get yeah, it. Yeah, and also if you're going to have like, um, an increasing number of like minority voters voting for you, you literally like can't be a racist because these people are all supporting you. So now you're yeah. letting down your voting group. So like yeah. it changes <laughs> how you're going to actually do policies. Of, it does. If, if, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that and uh, the map, I mean, I don't think I lost like, the followers are so irrelevant, but just like 40. And I, I was able to see who they all were. And it was funny. And it, it none of them surprised me when they unfollowed because they were people that were, I'm not going to call anyone out name by name. It's just I saw some really intense statuses of white people should be doing this, white people should be doing that. And I'm like, that seems kind of hateful. Like, why fight hate with hate? That's yeah. not justified. I think at the end of the day, people just need to be more empathetic towards one another and try to, like, figure out, like, hey, if you're doing well for yourself, figure out yeah. how you can give it back. Like, it's just, it's just, and, and that's just a tenant to being successful. Like, that's like a karmic consequence. Like, if you're doing well and you see, like, some other group is, like, a little bit more disenfranchised and you, like, well figure out an actionable common sense way to be helpful because yeah. it's good for you and it's good for you and it's good for, it, it brings good things out into the universe so mm -hmm. like that's what i think people should do it's yeah. just not phrasable everything's phrased negatively and it puts people um against each other and yeah. that's that that's that's what's um needs to be like fixed and addressed that, that's my take on it you know yeah i agree um sharing hate speech i'm like i don't see how that's hate speech but okay no i i understand um Man, I'm trying to think about what else we're going to say. See, you, there's some family backlash. You, I'm sure you lost some friends because of it. 100%. That, that kind of sucks. Yeah. 
Um, but it doesn't like, and it doesn't seem like just from talking to you, it doesn't seem like you're like really even involved with Trumpism at all. Not uh, hardcore Trumpism. Yeah, like, no. like, like none of this stuff like is uh, like because you could like, and here's another thing too. Um, you could honestly think that Donald Trump is a better choice than Joe Biden, and there are a lot of very logical and very um, legitimate reasons to think that, especially now in 2016. It's different. In 2016, it was so different. In 2016, that's not yeah. true. You're probably like, you, you, people are more, more comfortable to want to go off and call you a bigot and yeah. whatnot if you were like super supporting Trump in 2016. Mm-hmm. And chances are you probably were a little odd and a little weird and like the reason behind supporting Trump in 2016 was not, like you didn't have as well of a thought out logical thing of reasoning. Right? I didn't. Right. No. But, but now in 2020, like I could make a bullet point of reason, like, like if you're a Trump supporter, you can make a bullet point of reasons as to why you think Trump's a better choice and none of them has to do with perpetuating hate or division. Oh, that's so true. Yeah. Um, you know, so it's like, hey, the stock market went up. My 401k was doing really well. I was making really good investments. I improved my position in life because of the deregulation. Mm-hmm. Um, I have family in the military. We haven't started a new foreign war. You know what I mean? I mean, I don't, but that's just just a, a hypothetical. Yeah. Right? Um, We've lived through four yeah. years of this, yeah. and it, it was yeah. not as terrible. As uh, you didn't want to like lock me down and strip me of my rights yeah. in the name of a of a virus. You wanted me to get back to what I was doing as yeah. safely as possible. Yeah, you didn't. Yeah. You didn't want me to do that. Hmm. Uh, you didn't want to do that, right? Um, my gas prices are like fifty percent lower. Um, these past four years, my gas prices have been really low. It's me. I've been able to like go camping more. I've been able to go fishing more. I've been able to like, you know, take, take decompression trips to the country to feel better and clear my head and be in a uh, better headspace where I can communicate with people effectively because gas prices are cheaper. So like, you know, and then if you live in a rural part of the country and you have to work in Austin or work in the city, Mm -hmm. it makes it a lot easier for you. It makes, it makes your situation, it makes, it makes it a lot easier for you and middle-class families to, be able to live comfortably and live affordability so it helps with the like income inequality yeah so like, like all these factors like are legitimate reasons as to why somebody would vote and then people are trying to say oh yeah i guess 50 percent of the country you're they're, they're still racist and they're bigots and i'm like no no and when you paint people like that it just makes people more against you and you have to understand that, that there are legitimate and justifiable reasons why you made that decision mm-hmm. and if you really want these people to vote democrat democrats have to do a much better job they have to do of catering better. and empathizing and offering policies that actually help people in those areas, which they don't do. Yeah, they're like that friend that has an MLM and every four years they come and just try to sell you on it, even if you're like, no, like you're not. They just don't know. They don't know how to genuinely connect anymore. It was all these trigger words being thrown out this year and they fell where they did. And Yeah, it's wrong. I I, I don't like it. And I have a lot of like super democratic, like ultra liberal friends that if I said this to them, they're like, yeah, man, we agree with you, dude. Like that's... We're, we're we got to do better we're mm-hmm. fucking up on this but yeah you, you got you, you you have to um it, you have to actually empathize and and show people why your policies are going to help them and and be involved mm-hmm. you know like people in these the the conservatives in red states right like the conservative officials they're involved like they they, they know people in those community like in those small towns in those small if there's a district made up of a bunch of small towns yeah that guy's like he's going to church them he's involved like they yeah, know they know all know them. him they all know him you know what i mean yeah. the people that they know him they're, they're more likely to actually know him mm-hmm. that that person is empathetic and understanding of the the circumstance like the circumstances of somebody living and the needs of somebody living in a big city are going to be different than the needs of somebody living in the country Very so if democrats so. want to start getting votes from people who live in the country and live in the suburbs and live in rural areas mm-hmm. you need to start um figuring out a way to meet their needs yeah that you have to figure out a way to meet their needs and this green new deal stuff hey man i'm not against the green new deal but you got to figure out a way to like pay these oil field workers pay pay these people that are going to plant trees and build solar panels and have these green jobs you got to figure out a way to pay them the same as the oil field workers because oh, yeah. if a democrat comes in and say hey man we got these new green jobs that are going to pay you 80k a year mm-hmm. and we're going to train you and this is what you need to do you know the only people that are going to have problems with it are the heads of like ex- the heads of like you know Kinder Morgan and Exxon and the big companies. Yeah, yeah. But like an everyday oil field worker is going to not have a problem with that. They're going to be fine. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and that's why a lot of people in rural America voted for Bernie Sanders compared to like Biden or yeah. compared to Hillary Clinton because Bernie Sanders, while you don't agree with everything, he at least was coming to people and talking to people on their level as to how he can make their life 
better. He's like, hey, man, I just want you to be able to go to a doctor. You know, yeah, he was he like, hey, we got to we got to he, he tried to present solutions that were different. He didn't get flowery talk. It was like, this no. is what we have to do. We're going to do it. Like, but yeah. but that's why people voted for him in those areas. And so if you're going to be a Democrat, right, um, you have to like, you know, a whole large part of the country. If you, if you look at the number of precincts that voted. An overwhelming number of precincts. If you mm-hmm. did it by precincts, an overwhelming number of precincts in America voted for Donald Trump. Yeah, I, yeah, the charts were. Yeah. yeah um, and uh, you know, if if you really want to change that, you have to go into those areas and really communicate with those people genuinely and and show like offer solutions that will show that they, that will help them improve their lives. Yeah, ask them what they want. Yeah, and if you don't do that, this is you're gonna get more of this. And in, in, in two more years, when Biden does absolutely nothing, which he, he will do nothing, <laughs> uh, when Biden does nothing, yeah, you're gonna, and all this voter disenfranchisement is already occurred, combined with the fact that Biden's done nothing and the liberal, liberal disenfranchisement, you're going to pave the way for Ooh. real fascism. So if yeah. you really want to like stop that, you gotta, you got to fix this. You, you got to really you gotta empathize with people. Mm-hmm. And honestly... If you really want to get rid of Donald Trump, maybe the best thing to do is to just have him be president for four more years because otherwise you're going to see him do rallies for four years. He has a very real possibility of running again, which he's legally allowed to do. Mm-hmm. He also has an extremely greater possibility of winning. And, and he so can fund his own. Year, yeah, and instead yeah. of four years of Trump, guess what? You're going to now have eight more years of Trump. Yeah. So, you know, just, just uh, let it happen. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe the best move, like if you really want to get rid of this guy, is to mm-hmm. just bite the bullet for four more years and then improve how you communicate with voters as a Democrat. Like Mm -hmm. my two cents that that's really what I think. um, I've been thinking about that too. There's definitely a disconnect obviously from the swayage of votes. They feel entitled to. I kind of, yeah, that, that was just the 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 biggest thing was the entitlement. So like, we're automatically going to get this population's vote. And I'm like, not, not 2020, not after all this. Yeah. The county in El Paso near star County got like, 48% 48% Trump. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like the counties like a border town got like 48% for Trump in, in Texas. Like, yeah, that's, and, and four years ago, not even the same, not even the same. It, exactly. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, a lot of this is, um, we're, we're heading towards a, a, a very interesting pivotal turning point. Yeah. Um, but what one, you know, and a lot of people are very scared about what's happening, but I want this to be more of a comforting like type of podcast because, um, a lot of things that people are going to be scared of, especially mm-hmm. if you're like conservative is a lot less likely to happen because of the makeup of the Senate. Yeah. So you're probably most likely you're going to chances are, you're probably going to just see a whole lot of nothing. Yeah. I mean, you're people gonna, are acting see, like it'll be life or death no, no, after this. You're going to see a whole lot of, of nothing. Yeah. And then you're going to see a lot of voter disenfranchisement, which could lead to something really bad down the road. But mm-hmm. I think these next couple of years, unless they do another shutdown, but people are so fucking against that shit. Yeah. Unless they do that, you're just going to see um, an abundance of nothingness. You're going to see nothing. Mm-hmm. You're going to see Joe Biden doing nothing and that's it. You're going to, you're going to, nothing's going to happen and people are going to be freaked out at each other. And then, you know, because yeah. Joe Biden's doing nothing, the progressives aren't going to vote. Demo- they're going to be less likely to vote for their democratic candidate. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the people on the right are going to be fucking furious about what happened and they're going to go out and really stick it to people. So yeah, the, it'll work itself out. That, that, that's what's going to happen. So there, that, that's, You're right. There does need to be some sort of talk of like, there's a calm after storm. There really is. Um, I saw some memes calling that attitude privileged and like saying you're an asshole if you are looking forward optimistically after this. And I'm why? like, why? How, wait, how, what? Where did you hear I, that from? I, no, like I said, I saw I just saw posts like from people I know sharing like having a flippant attitude about the result of the election is privileged and disrespectful. And I'm like, it's just knowing like you live yeah. in America, you voted. It, it's going to work itself out, like you said. Like, something will work itself out somehow. Yeah. And at the end of the day, it's like these people, they, they only really, they, they don't want you to have an opinion. They want you to have their opinion. They're really saying yeah. if you don't have my opinion on this election, then you're, you're not acceptable in my life anymore. And that. Yeah. And that, that's wrong. And that's, that can um, buy to that. Very hate that. That's divisive. And that, that like also creates more Trumpism. So that's it actually does. not the right approach. No. But who knows? Maybe I'm just saying that because I'm privileged. <laughs> who the fuck knows, Jewel? <laughs> who the hell knows? Anyway, um, 
<laughs> this has been an all new episode of uh, Convos on the Pedicab. Jewel, thank you so much for coming. I really appreciate this. You drove all the way from Smithville to hang out at the end of Pedicab. <laughs> so that's that really means a lot. So thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thank you. All right.